0: welcome to the insomnia report episode is it 47 yes yes episode 47. 47
1: uh i forgot how to do this it's been so long if this is your first time do i say do we say our names first or do we say mm, the podcast first
0: i think we said the podcast first
1: if this is your first time listening wait wait <sighs> This is the end. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm starting over. Okay. Well, I'm doing. Okay. I'm doing it again. <laughs> starting over. Good morning,
0: good day, and good evening. And good night. Good night. Welcome to the Insomnia Report episode 47. Hey! 47, straight to heaven.
1: Hey yo, look at, you could work at Portillo's. (laughs) We got a true crime for you today. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you have listened before, welcome back.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: We're so happy to have you. I'm Margot.
0: And I'm Elizabeth.
1: And we are the two friends and roommates that like to talk about the things... That keep us up. ...at night. night. It's a special episode.
0: Dun, dun, dun. You want to know why? Why?
1: It's October. Ooh. And it's our one-year birthday. Uh. We are one years old. Or I guess if we had a child, would we be like 12 months? Don't they say like, oh yeah, it's like... It's 14 months old. I've never understood that. It's like,
0: no, you're a year and two months. months, I don't, when
1: I have kids, I'll definitely be like, yes. Yeah. He's 46 months old. (laughs) (laughs) You mean four? (laughs) Or whatever that equals. I don't know.
0: Happy birthday to us.
1: Happy birthday. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This past year has been crazy, but we've had- thousands of downloads hundreds of downloads no over a thousand downloads i think it's like almost two thousand
0: thank you guys i'm just gonna say we've had thousands thanks for sticking with <laughs> us from the
1: beginning uh, seriously especially my mom thank you and we've been in list streamed in over 40 countries
0: oh my gosh i counted makes me feel so special i know so
1: thank you all so much it's so Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. And we we love spending time with you. We look forward to the next year. Yes. So we have a true crime and also apologies. We've been on a break. We've been traveling and life. That's all. We don't have to further explain. (laughs) Thanks for coming back. Yes. We missed you. Yes. I will go ahead and light the candle. Mm -hmm. Would you like to tell me... And our listeners, what has kept you up? Mm. It's been a while.
0: It has been a while. What has kept me up? I've been watching a lot of Supernatural Mm -hmm. on Season 7 at this point. I just feel like I've been very busy otherwise. Yeah. You know, doing things in the world, Mm -hmm. which is great. Um, I got a haircut today. Nice. And... um, Oh, yeah, I was going to tell you this. It was really funny because I so saw I'm sitting there and it's kind of awkward because, like, I was not saying anything and the guy cutting my hair wasn't saying anything. <laughs> he was just sort of, like, doing his thing, which is fine. And this older guy walks in and he's like, I'm looking for, in this name, and I don't remember the name of the person he was looking for, but he's like, I want to make an appointment for my wife to get a haircut and... Uh, like a hair color from this guy because my neighbor got a haircut from him and it looked really good (laughs) and the receptionist was like um okay would you like to make an appointment or something for the future and he's like yes how about tomorrow is there any availability tomorrow she's like oh no uh we've been booked for like six weeks in <gasps> advance he's like oh no we're going to a funeral on wednesday and oh. i wanted to buy my wife a, a trim and that's a so nice color job or whatever and she was like i'm so sorry like you can like make an appointment or whatever and she gave him their card and she's like um you can like call us or here's our address or you can go on our website and book online he's like website no 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 computer <laughs> no I don't do that um he, no iPhone and he was like I'm 89 years old oh. all my friends are dead oh, who am I no. gonna text oh. <laughs> and, me, oh, no. and me and the guy cutting my hair both at the same time we're like oh my heart <laughs> oh I felt so bad oh. he, he was just like you know, it was cute because he just, like, had no idea, you right. know. He was just like, I want a color and a cut for my wife tomorrow. That is so but cute. But it was so cute. And he was just, like, going on about how he used to own a beauty store, blah, blah, oh, blah. And I love I him. Like, oh. And he didn't look 89, to be honest. He looked a lot him. younger. But, Ugh. yeah, I was like, oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> <Ugh>. All right. <laughs> if anyone out there is drinking,
1: raise your glass to <laughs> To that man. Cheers to this man. Cheers to the eighty-nine-year-old technology afraid man. All his friends are dead. Oh, that's so sad. I know. I love him. Me too. Oh. Yeah, that would Uh, that would certainly keep me up. Yeah. (laughs) No. How about you? Um. So our last episode. Um we talked about frog and toad Mm -hmm. and in my first grade sing we sang a song about frog and toad and that has been stuck in my head
0: oh my god and i've
1: been trying to find it and it's not on youtube but there's like a claymation movie or tv show of frog and toad and i didn't really like it because i didn't like the voices they were doing Mm -hmm. and it wasn't very good claymation like i'm sure it was fine i bet it took a long time like who am i to judge but it just wasn't what I wanted Frog and Toe to be. And like the song was like Frog and Toe together. They really are a pair. If you see one of them, the other will be there. <laughs> it's like it's been stuck in my That's head ever so since we cute. talked about that. So
0: Oh my gosh. The lyrics reinforcing the fact that they're definitely a couple.
1: They definitely have a thing. For <laughs> sure.
0: I mean uh. I
1: mean we said it last time that with the tandem bike, I mean, come on. Yeah. You know?
0: you know it's it's great i love that journey for them me too
1: oh wait one second i i need to grab something super quick what's I'm up
0: sorry. okay take your time
1: god is a birthday cake
0: what oh my <laughs> god <laughs> wait hey, you have- Wait, what? Where did you get that? I got it at school, and then I decorated it. (laughs) Oh my god! When did you decorate that?
1: When
0: you were doing your research. Oh my god! (laughs) Oh my god, that's so cute! Wait, we have to take a picture of it. Okay. Right. Maybe I just wanted birthday cake, Elizabeth. Maybe you don't have to question why there's birthday cake in the fridge. Hey, I would never. I would never.
1: Anyway, uh, happy birthday. Yay. <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> that line of frog and toad, though, only part of it I remember. Oh. I don't remember any other lyrics or whatever. That's okay. Anyway. Yeah, frog and toad.
0: Was there anything else you wanted to update us on?
1: Um, so, I went to San Francisco and... Yosemite. It was Mm. a very fun time especially because first trip in a while that really got to unplug. Mm -hmm. My boyfriend and I went to Alcatraz and it wasn't necessarily what I expected just because we booked the night tour but the one I was thinking of was the like full package tour but they weren't offering that Mm. or it was like a smaller group and you actually had a guide where this was kind of more of a self-guided tour and mm-hmm. you were there for like an hour but it was still very cool
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it just wasn't it was kind of like you go in you make a loop and you you left. so
0: yeah but
1: I went into the cell that was supposed to be like the most haunted one in mm-hmm. the hole but they had it it has okay so it has two cell doors mm-hmm. which I think is crazy but it has like the typical bars And then it has, like, what looks like, you know, one of those freezer doors where it just, like... (gasps) Oh, my God. Yeah. So, they have, like, two cell doors if you're in the hole or whatever. So, I was able to go into the first one, but I wasn't able to go into the actual cell. Uh So, I, like, went and saw up to the bars, but it was definitely, like, I didn't feel anything. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because I wasn't in there or, you know... What have
0: you, but goes are having an off day. I think they're maybe
1: it's because it was the first night tour that they had done since the pandemic. Oh my God, which was also kind of crazy. Yeah. And our tour guide told us that. He's like, he was telling us things and he's like, I actually need to think about this. Hold on. He's like, Sorry, guys, I haven't done this in over a year. <laughs> I'm oh, like, wow.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> um, but it was very cool. Took a lot of really cool pictures. It was the only day that was kind of cloudy and rainy, so it was kind of ominous, like, coming Mm -hmm. up to it. But something very interesting that I didn't know about was, I think in the, don't remember what year, but a bunch of local Native Americans went to Alcatraz when it was shut down and tried to take it over, so they actually, like, graffitied on it Saying oh. that, you know, they wanted the land. Mm-hmm. And it was very cool. And it's something that I kind of want to look into yeah. more. Wow! But you could see, like, the writing on, like, the, I think, water tower. So it was very cool. Oh, I had no idea, really like, that was there. Yeah. But it's something to look into further. But I don't huh. remember more. But it was cool because on the audio tour, they actually had um, former prison guards mm-hmm. and former inmates talking on it And it was oh. obviously very long ago because most of them are i think dead because mm-hmm. it closed in the 60s right mm-hmm. i think so anyway it was a good time yosemite was fun and beautiful but we couldn't go to all of it because of wildfires um mm. and For whatever reason, they weren't running the shuttles, which I was also disappointed about. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to just complain. Mm -hmm. I had a very good (laughs) trip, but I wanted to go to Sequoia National Park, and it was closed. Mm. And then there was a Sequoia section in Yosemite, but with the shuttle, it would only be a two-mile walk to get there. But since they weren't running the shuttles, it would be a 10-mile walk. So we didn't go, because that would have been a lot it would
0: take all day and And then you get stuck
1: there and then you'd have to go 10 back yeah no yeah no Or was it 10 miles round trip still still a lot still a lot anyway that's a lot had a good trip i don't think that i'm ungrateful but (laughs) those were like the two main things um yeah but it was really fun and we ate good food and i went to a giants game and i saw chris bryant oh hey chris because i missed him he's not in Chicago anymore Mm. um let's see I digress okay would you like to tell me his tale
0: sorry yes okay so we have to go back in time to the 90s (laughs) okay (laughs) far back um honestly though it's like
1: I, it doesn't feel like it is over 20 but years ago now you know what gen zers are saying hmm. they're like oh well you people born in the 1900s it's like oh. Oh. when you put it that way it sounds horrible i never want
0: to hear that again <laughs> i mean it's weird because my
1: cousin is she just turned 21 in september and i'm like what and i'm like she yeah. was born in like she was born 2000. in two thousand, and now two thousand, like you can drink, and I'm like. And anyway, I'm I'm having a crisis. I don't know how this happens.
0: <sighs> Me too. Mm-mm, mm-mm.
1: Okay, so the nineties. The nineties.
0: Cool. Um, Where are we? We are in Missouri. Missouri. Missouri, USA. Okay. St. Louis. Uh no, okay. I don't know exactly okay. what town, but sure. we'll okay. we'll get there. We'll get there. Cool. Okay. So, our main players in this story are a woman named Sandra, okay, or Sandy, and her six daughters. Six. Okay. Yes, she was blessed with six girls. Oh, like King Trident. Oh, did she have six siblings, Ariel? I
1: think there was like six daughters of Triton. Oh, I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, there you sorry. Go. So, the girls' names were Brandy, Lena, Robin, Rachel, Rosie, and Gianna. Okay. And they grew up pretty poor. Their mom was always the one who worked and was the breadwinner. And her mom kind of had this thing where she would jump from man to man. Okay. So, she would... Get a boyfriend or get married and then after a couple of years she would get tired of him and cheat on him with someone. No. And then get with this a new person and then it would happen over and over. Like she never stayed with anyone for longer than two years.
1: Then why get married? I don't know. Financial Probably reasons or... it was
0: like a I don't know. I'm not sure. Eh, I'm bored. Yeah.
1: We'll go trade it in at GameStop. Yeah.
0: Pretty much, pretty much. But their mom treated them well, the girls, and was pretty much a rule follower. Sandy never did any drugs or drank or anything. And um, Is this the
1: same Sandy from Greece?
0: Oh, <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. But it could be. I think she's a little bit before that time. It's oh, the you're, right, you're right. Maybe. Yeah. But even though they were uh, not very well off, Sandy was always determined that if the family stuck together, that they would always get through it. And the one who was closest to Sandy was Lena, the second oldest. Her and her mom were really close, and Lena was kind of like to be in charge and tell everyone else what to do, kind of bossed her siblings around, and she was very outspoken and always spoke her mind. Basically, Um, even though she got in trouble a lot. So, yeah, and Sandy, she usually when she was going after a man, he was usually either married or had a brother or something. Okay. Uh, Anyway, she was good at talking to people and like schmoozing up to people. So she always kind of got the men that she wanted. She kind of sounds
1: like a narcissist. Mm.
0: (laughs) A little little do I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, her second h- husband was named Albert, and he was a really good guy. The kids really liked him, and he helped raise them while Sandy was in school to be a nurse. So he would take them out to do activities like sports and like you know playing at the park and stuff. And he was just like very chill, and the kids really liked him and liked being around him. But then, as part of her pattern, Sandy got bored with Albert. Albert. And so she moved on to another man Mm -hmm. who was named Gary. Gary. And who was also Albert's brother. Okay.
1: (laughs) I guess we all have a type.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So, uh, Albert and Sandy first got married in November of 1994. Mm -hmm. And they lived in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, Shout out to Fayetteville. My friend Matt lives there. Hi, Matt. But so then after a couple of years, like I said, Sandy got with Gary, Albert's brother. And so then they left Albert and moved to Cassville, Missouri to live with Gary in May of 1996. Okay. So the kids moved around a lot, too. So they'd never really had like a stable home. And then Sandy married Gary in December of 1996. Okay. They liked their time with Gary as well. He was a good dude and they lived on a farm in Missouri. So all the kids had their farm chores. They had to take care of the animals and stuff like that. But Gary, they they all said that Gary taught them like good values, like hard work and being independent. And um, yeah, they all really liked him as well. So Gary and Albert's parents raised some good boys. Aw. Okay, but was
1: Albert okay with his brother marrying his wife? No. (laughs) Because I can't Um, imagine that. I feel like that'd be awkward at Thanksgiving. Like, can you pass the gravy? It's like, I don't know, Gary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You married my wife, Gary. Um, Pass that along, huh? (laughs) When he first found out Albert and Gary... Uh, exchanged some blows okay they had a fist fight and uh yeah they actually when they were fighting albert had pinned gary but then sandy like popped out of nowhere and like hit him in the back with a big stick oh ew yeah so she was involved in their fighting but like her other relationships sandy's marriage to Gary did not last very long either. No. After about three years she met a man named Christopher Klimp who was young and handsome and had money. Oh dear. I Uh see a storm brewing. Mm -hmm. So in March 1999 Sandy starts to have an affair with this guy Chris. And Gary finds out. I I feel like she probably wasn't very discreet about it. Um, I, I doubt it. <laughs> Gary finds out he's really upset. And also, he gets arrested because Sandy had been writing checks for more money than he had. Oh. Um, and so he was, like, charged with doing that, even though it was her who was stealing his checks. brat. So he was like, man, I, I got to divorce this lady. Yeah, like, that's a red flag. Um, Yeah. However... On May 11th, 1999, Gary did not come to work. Oh, no. And his co-workers and his friends were looking for him. They knew something was wrong immediately because he never missed a day of work. Uh, yeah. He couldn't afford to miss a day of work. Right. So they were like, he's dead. Like, oh, right away, they're like, something happened to him because yeah. he would never, ever miss work. Right. Like, something's seriously wrong.
1: Gosh, that must be a horrible feeling.
0: Yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Uh, The police were notified. And one interesting tidbit of information is that Gary's cousin, whose name I don't remember.
1: Also married.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was married to Sandy. No. (laughs) Um, So one day, not long before he disappeared, Gary brought a gun over to his cousin's house. Mm-hmm. And he told him to hold on to it for him because Sandy had said she would kill him with it.
1: Okay.
0: She actually, they got in a fight or something, and she, like, stuck the barrel of the gun in his stomach and pulled the trigger. But it didn't go off. Oh, my Um, God. Because Gary was like, oh, yeah, I always keep my guns unloaded. Smart. So, I know, right? Responsible gun owner. Jeez. But So then his cousin opened the gun or whatever i don't know how guns work but like opened it and was like gary there's a bullet in here um and he was like no like i always no no i always unload my gun like i never i would never keep one in there and um he was like no like this is and he takes it out and it was kind of like leaking gunpowder or something so it was defective so yeah so it didn't go off And so Gary was like, oh my God, like if that had been good shell, I wouldn't be here right now.
1: That gave me, do you see my arm? Do you see my arm? I don't like that. Uh, I am not a fan.
0: Oh, Gary. Oh no. I know. So he thought when Sandy pulled that trigger that she knew and he knew that the gun wasn't loaded, but in fact (gasps) it had been loaded and he just didn't know because it didn't go off That bitch. Okay. And that was the last time his cousin saw Gary. No,
1: file police report. <laughs> Stop. Run away. Yeah. Go to Yosemite. You'll be safe. <laughs> Unless Sasquatch gets you, then I can't oh, help you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Nothing you can do about that. <laughs> Sasquatch can't. can't I feel that like guy.
1: he just might be misunderstood. You oh, know? I'm.
0: I'm sure he is. I'm
1: sure he's not that bad. No, you know? I'm sure he's fine. He's like, come on, guys,
0: my feet aren't even that big. <laughs> <laughs> he's just chilling. He's just chilling. <laughs> We can't judge him. I, I'm so off. sorry. <laughs> so, in May May 13th, two days after Gary disappeared, the police were notified that he was not home and mm-hmm. not going to work. So they went to his house, and his cows were out. So they're like, "Oh, we gotta put the cows away." <laughs> so, I hate it when that happens. So the police put the cows away, and while they were doing that. Sandy and her daughter, Lena, drove up in the truck, and Sandy was like, oh, hey. um." Fancy seeing you here. (laughs) Wow, what a coincidence. (laughs) Um, She's like, oh, yeah, I I meant to call you guys. My husband hasn't been home in two days.
1: Wait, so they were still married?
0: I guess they didn't get a divorce yet. Okay. But he wanted to get divorced. I see. Mm -hmm. So
1: they were all still living together. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it, got it. Exactly, exactly. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just completely slipped my mind. Yeah, um, I meant
0: to call you. He wait, I didn't call missing. you
1: already? I'm sorry. I thought
0: I did. Yeah, it's it so weird. <laughs> so she said that Gary had gone to a place called Diamond, Missouri to buy some fighting roosters, which one, cockfighting, really, like, no, don't do that. That's bad. That's bad. That's rude. That's illegal, I think.
1: Well, not only is it rude, it's probably illegal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, so she was like, yeah, I guess I'll file a missing persons report. Since you're here, you I know. should probably do that. Maybe. Yeah, so she did. She did.
1: Only because they were there. She probably wouldn't have otherwise I bet.
0: So a week went by and the police obtained a search warrant to go through Gary's house because they didn't really believe Sandy's story. And she was there and didn't really want them there, but of course she had to let them search. And they found that None of his stuff was in the house. No clothes, nothing. It looked like he had never, ever lived there. okay. Yeah. And so they couldn't really find anything. They did find a checkbook in the name of Chris, the younger man she was having an affair with. I see. And two days into the police investigation, Chris moved into the house. What's Convenient. The mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ew. The police then asked Sandy to take a polygraph, and she said, if you find a body, I'll take a polygraph. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Ew. she didn't want to. I don't like this woman. Um, me neither. Bad vibes. No, no. The police then interviewed the daughters, and Lena, in particular, was very hostile towards the police because she was the one who was closest to her mom, and okay. she was like, something bad will happen if... We talked to the police, blah, blah, blah. She told all the sisters not to say anything to the police Mm, about anything. Um, But here's what happened that day from their perspective. So on May 11th, the girls all got home from school and Sandy told them that a cat had had kittens in the field and that they should go look for them.
1: Cute.
0: (laughs) So they all ran out there except for Brandy. Um, because it was her job to milk the cows, so she had to go do that. No kittens for you. No, that was her job, and but she needed to get into the house to get her supplies to milk the cows, and her mom like wouldn't let her in, and so uh oh, so she just went in because she's like I I need to get my milking stuff, and she just went in the house, and she saw her mom. Her mom was on her hands and knees scrubbing the floor with bleach. Okay. Uh, She was wearing shorts, and she had her hair in a ponytail, and the girls had never seen her wear it in a ponytail before.
1: She does not wear her hair in ponytails.
0: ponytail. <laughs> so, if there was just something Something wrong, was weird with yeah, this picture. They they felt really off about it. And then that night, Sandy sat the girls down at the kitchen table and told them, if anybody asked them what happened to Gary, Gary went to go buy a fighting rooster in Diamond, Missouri, and they hadn't seen him since and the night he disappeared they all had spaghetti for dinner. So that was their what she told them to tell anyone who asked what happened to Gary.
1: Okay. Um fun fact M hmm. M&M opened a restaurant in Detroit called Mom's Spaghetti. Because in his oh. song, he talks about throwing up mom's spaghetti.
0: Ew. <laughs> well,
1: it's a good song.
0: <laughs> um, maybe that's not the image I want if I'm going to go to his restaurant and eat the spaghetti.
1: But when it opened, he was actually there and he served like the first like 10 people. Oh, Which is okay. kind of cool. That's anyway. Cute. That's cute. Or he like took pictures with the first 10 people or something. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Okay,
0: Eminem. Marshall Mathers. Okay. Sorry. Marshall. Marshall. So that night, Lena's job was to make sure that no one came out of the bedroom. They were all in the, all the girls were in the bedroom together. Robin, though, one of the other sisters, looked out the bedroom window. Oh, dear. And she saw Sandy and Chris pulling something big, kind of like struggling to move something. It was a rooster. (laughs) If only, oh my God. Um, and she recognized that it was Gary because she saw his boots that he had. <gasps> no. Even though she saw this, Lena kept telling them, y- you couldn't say anything, you can't say anything. Because Lena thought that if they told about what, what they saw or what they knew or what they suspected, that they would all be separated. Oh. So she was like, we can't tell anyone because we can't let that happen. Mm. so after that night the family moved to st louis for a year and sandy and chris got married hooray (laughs) then they moved to a town called sligo missouri in august of 2000
1: okay wait so the police had found like nothing Mm -hmm. okay yeah okay cool yeah Hmm. not cool but okay yeah, cool yeah nothing affirmative like understood mm-hmm.
0: okay ten four. roger that right so aye, aye, captain they moved to sligo and lena was living at home with sandy her mom <clears throat> and she was working as well but her sisters could tell something was really wrong with her She started getting into, like, drugs and stuff, and she was, like, really sad all the time and kind of, like, spacey. And ultimately, everyone thought that, like, she just couldn't handle, like, what she knew. And she felt like she needed to keep it inside, but she, like, couldn't because it was, like, too big. So she told one of her boyfriends about what she knew about Gary, and he was like, you need to tell someone, like, This is Eating You Alive, and also his family should know what happened. They deserve to know. So she said she would meet up with Albert, Gary's brother, and her former stepfather. So on June 23rd, 2003, Lena met up with Albert. She was 17 at the time. And Albert had a recorder that he wanted to record the conversation.
1: With her permission, or
0: did she not know? I think she knew. Okay. Yeah. And so he was like, what happened to Gary? And Lena was like, er, no, he said, who killed Gary? And she said, mom. Oh. And what Lena said happened is that Gary. Okay. Well, first of all, content warning, violence. Okay. So she said that Gary was sitting on the couch eating scrambled eggs. Oh when Sandy walked out of the kitchen and shot him two or three times in the head. Oh, my God. So that obviously killed him. And so then Sandy wrapped his body in plastic and hay strings and dragged him to her bedroom and locked the door. Oh, my God. That's when the girls got home from school and... That's when she told them, don't come in the house. Right. Go find this cat, who probably didn't even exist. <laughs> Mom, I can't find it. Keep it. <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Is this an
1: unsolved mystery? Okay, because I was like, wait, this sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah,
0: I figured you probably watched it.
1: <laughs> it's okay. It, I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. I just remember, like, Albert being adorable, and I felt so bad.
0: So then, at night, when they were all in the bedroom, and Lena was guarding the door... She kind of looked through the crack in the door and she saw them dragging Gary's body out of the other bedroom. Mm-hmm. Sandy then put Gary's body in their truck and they left and they ultimately burned his body Oh my God. and then took the ashes and bone fragments and stuff and drove around like throwing them out the window. Oh my God. Spreading it around. And Lena was there when they burned his body. Oh, my God. And she said she burned the tips of her fingers, picking up ashes and bones. Oh, my God. Because her mom trusted her more than the others. Oh, my God. And Albert said when Lena was telling him this, she was, like, shaking. She, like, was terrified.
1: Oh, my God. And this poor girl. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I can't imagine like Albert hearing this.
0: Mm. Jeez. And at the time Lena was like thirteen or something. So at the time of the time of Gary's death. Oh my god. Sandy found out though that Lena went and talked to Albert Oh no. So she got both of them lawyers, herself and Lena. Okay. And the lawyer convinced Lena to recant her confession. Because it's basically a tape confession.
1: So, wait, what does recant mean? I'm...
0: Like, take it back. Okay. Like, say, actually, that didn't happen. Okay. Yeah.
1: I don't like when lawyers are <laughs> skeevy like that.
0: I know. Why? Neither. Why? I don't know.
1: Isn't it justice and honesty for all or something? Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> no, it's whatever no. makes me money. It's
0: uh, Okay, yeah. go on. Ugh, I'm so angry. <sighs> One day, Lena told her sister Brandy the story of the murder as well when they were talking. And the next day, Brandy got into a fight with her mom, a really bad fight. And eventually she told her mom that she'd call the police and tell them every single thing that she did as like a threat Mm -hmm. because they were fighting. And Sandy was like, get in the truck. Oh, no. So Brandy got in the bed of the truck And Chris and Sandy got in the front and they drove, it's like the middle of the night, and they drove down the road and eventually they stopped. Chris got out of the truck and pointed a gun to Brandy's head. Oh my God. And she was like, holy shit. So she jumped out of the truck bed and was like screaming and running around the truck and she saw her mom, Sandy, in the truck, not even looking at her. Looking like straight ahead, just like not looking at What
1: her. is wrong with people? I know. That is, I don't, I, I'm so
0: upset. I know. I'm so disgusted. So Brandy's idea was she had to get in the truck by her mom because Chris wouldn't shoot her mom. Like he couldn't shoot both of them. So she got in the truck and she like held on to her mom really tight because she's like, he can't shoot both of us. And she was begging her, like, please don't let him hurt me. Please don't let him hurt me. And eventually, Sandy told Chris, like, don't hurt Brandy. What the? F- and French Chris toast. And Chris put the gun down, and they drove back to the house.
1: Like, okay.
0: Like, Jesus. I can't even. Like, that's that's, I, that's disgusting. Like, and that's ter- that's terrifying. Like, I couldn't. No. I couldn't be around them anymore. They're monsters. Mm-hmm. They're horrible. Oh my God. But then she didn't bring it up again because she was so afraid. Well, yeah, you know?
1: I would have run away.
0: Yeah. Screw that. Right. And that's basically what Lena did, too. Like, she never talked about it really with them because she didn't want anyone to hurt her or anything. Um, so on November 3rd, 2003, Lena had a baby. Aw. Her son, Coulter. Lena got a bunch of jobs and Sandy would watch Coulter while she's working. No, no,
1: no. <laughs> okay. Lena, Lena, let's I know, talk. I know. Do do not leave your child mm. with this monster. I know. Okay. I all know. right, go I on. feel
0: like everyone was kind of in denial at this point.
1: I guess that would be the only way you could cope with it.
0: Yeah. That's honestly. all I
1: can think of. I don't know. Okay, I'm go. Uh, I'm, I don't Jesus know either. Christ. Okay.
0: But one of the weird things was that Sandy was, like, weirdly obsessed with Coulter because she had six girls and she always wanted a son. Oh, boo-hoo. So she would, like, make him call her mom and Ew. stuff. And it was, like, super strange. She, like, really wanted to raise this child. Like, oh, dear. Like, take, it, take him or whatever. Um, okay. In 2006, Lena was planning to get married. And she wanted to be, like, financially independent from Sandy. But Sandy was like, oh, no. Like, mm, I don't know. because I don't like that. Then if she's financially independent, Lena could kind of do whatever she wants. Right? So.
1: Um, She's an adult?
0: uh, Yeah, but that would mean she could, like, go to the police again or something like that. Okay. And they had a very tense relationship at this point. Oh, my
1: God. Well, uh, yeah. Mm.
0: So... On February 14th, 2006, Brandy shows up to Lena's apartment, but Lena isn't there. Oh, no. Her boyfriend slash fiance, question mark, uh, Jason, who she lived with there, said that she ran away with another guy to Florida. Um, okay. And he knew that because Sandy told him that. But she didn't take anything with her. No clothes, nothing, and like no photo albums. They mentioned that she liked to take pictures of everything, and those were really important to her. And also, she'd left her son. So, I, I, and she yeah. would like never do that because she was, she, loved she was him. a good mom. Yeah. And like some people I know. Mm. And her Sandy. son Coulter was with, currently with Lena's mom, Sandy. Convenient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Randy was like, mm, no. She didn't run away to Florida. Something happened here. Oh,
1: God. I hate this.
0: And the cops were also skeptical that she ran away because she didn't take anything with her, like I mentioned. Right. But, yeah. So, this continued, but nothing really happened in terms of, like, finding Lena. And then on June 26, 2006... Gary's daughters filed a civil case against Sandy and Chris for wrongful death mm. because they knew they couldn't get criminal charges out of anyone because of the evidence and stuff like that, um, because there wasn't any evidence. And they couldn't use the uh, confession either because she recanted him. So they filed a civil case against Sandy and Chris, and they also put down Lena as an accessory to murder. And their hope was that um, Lena would make a deal where she could, like, testify against her mom and Chris and get immunity, basically. Mm-hmm. So the court summons found Sandor... Sandor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. The court summons were delivered to Sandy and Chris at their home. But the court like needed to find lena to give her her court summons and sandy was like nah like she ran off to florida and so that was another thing where they couldn't call her for the case brandy her sister knew that lena wasn't seeing any guys from florida uh, and S- sandy had told brandy that lena had been bowed bowed bad mouthing all her sisters and that she didn't want to see them anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So their sister Robin went to the police and she said, I think my mom killed my sister. Robin put up missing persons flyers of Lena around town, but Sandy paid her younger daughters $5 a piece to take them down.
1: What? What trash? <laughs> what actual trash?
0: And what innocent person would do that? Right like don't Put those down. those her? are offensive like yeah. and it's your daughter i know oh my god i know so robin called sandy and was like i knew like i know you did something to lena and i'm gonna find out and make sure you get punished for it right and sandy was like oh my god no i did it How are you, you saying that, me of that? Oh, no. i'm sorry that you're jealous your of mother. me <laughs> yeah Oh, my God. So the motive if there if if Sandy did kill kill Lena, the motive would have been one that the trial was coming up, and she was afraid that Lena would spill the beans because she knew exactly what happened, and she was the only one. And also the fact that Sandy really wanted Coulter, her son. Mm. And obviously, She couldn't get him any other way After Right after Lena went missing Sandy filed abandonment charges So that she could raise And have custody of Coulter Okay So fast forward to 2013 A judge Heard the lawsuit against Sandy and Chris from Gary's daughters uh, But Lena's Confession wasn't allowed to be used as evidence As I mentioned because she Took it back Mm. But Sandy's children testified against her Including Brandy Talked about when they pulled a gun on her And things like that Uh, And it was very emotional and moving And Chris and Sandy Were found guilty of Killing Gary Yay! They were ordered to pay Seven million dollars to Gary's daughters Wow But they've not been paid yet And they don't get any jail time Wait they're not in jail? No, because it was a civil suit, not a criminal suit. Ah. Uh. So they've been formally, like, accused or charged with causing I... the death of Gary. But they can't do anything other than the damages, basically. Even oh. though they they probably can't even pay that. So it's more like a symbolic thing. Okay. Mm.
1: I don't understand our justice system.
0: Me neither. It's so stupid. I'm so... I'm... Because, like, everyone knows that they did it, but they can't actually... They're literally labeled as a murderer. Mm. But the...
1: Make it make sense. It doesn't... I can't.
0: I can't. Oh!
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't get it I'm sorry if that made your ears bleed I don't know what that was It's was just frustration leaving my I know. body it's I'm so upset
0: Elizabeth I'm so mad I know me too
1: Oh my god
0: okay. Uh, okay so Sandy and Chris got divorced The year after that in 2014 Oh it wasn't working out Oh, oh no. Oh no you got okay Her longest relationship though Wow <laughs> Sandy remarried no. Surprise, surprise. Ew, who would do that? And still has custody of Coulter. That's disgusting. Mm, I hate it. To this day. Was was she ever found? Well, no. So, Brandy has said that when he's old enough, they're, the sisters are going to tell Coulter the truth. Oh, my cause God. Because he's been being raised by his grandmother this whole time, and he has, like, no idea. Oh, my God. I, that just makes me so mad. That and like makes, makes my me... heart like, scared for him, too. Oh like, my- you know. Oh, my God. I hope he's okay. He's Shit. probably, like, 17, 18 now. Oh, my God. Um, this is so sad. So, the sisters are still really... They really want to find what happened to Lena. And yeah. find her body. And they've been trying to kind of, like, reopen the investigation and try to find out what happened to her. So... Sandy and Chris had property in a couple different places in Missouri. One was... There were a couple different farms. One was an 80-acre ranch. And um, they recently... Robin and Brandy got permission to search those farms. Okay. But they didn't find anything. Uh, Robin thought that at one of them, Lena might be buried under a certain tree. Because she remembers when she toured the property with her mom. Her mom mentioned that she buried her dog under this tree at the farm but robin was like no you didn't she buried her dog at her other farm so she was like felt really weird about it like why did she say that right maybe maybe lena was there but they brought in some ground penetrating radar and haven't found anything yeah but her sisters are still trying really hard to find her
1: oh my god i hope they do
0: yeah so as of this day she has not been found And, um, yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible because the person who very likely killed her and who killed her ex-husband, Gary, is walking free and raising a child. And it, like, makes me so mad.
1: I can't believe people like this exist. I know. Like, I'm so upset. Yeah. This is probably one of the most upsetting cases.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Another thing that Netflix... Okay, so this is based on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Highly recommend. Uh, got most of that information from this. But one thing is... It's a small detail, but investigators were a little bit skeptical of Lena's story about what happened to Gary because she said the day before she took a ride in his truck with him, but when they found his truck, he had, like, junk in it everywhere, and there was no way a second person could have fit in the truck. Okay. So maybe she lied about that or, you know, I don't know. I don't know why. But anyway.
1: I think the only thing I could think of is she was trying to, you know, maybe hide it for so long that her memory wasn't mm-hmm. as yeah solid. Yeah. I guess that's the only thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me too.
1: But I mean, I can't imagine being that young and having a, I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah after that i don't know joe are you okay maybe you didn't know please wink twice if you how would you not know how big is this town in missouri Mm, i don't know oh my god the the other thing i don't understand is people who like constantly cheat and can find someone it's like how do you get yeah
0: i don't know i I don't i don't know i don't okay i don't it beats me Uh, jesus christ i don't know okay Another thing is that... So, Chris had an ex-wife at the time he was seeing Sandy named Jennifer. And he got into a really big fight with Jennifer one day. They were, like, screaming at each other. And he said to her something along the lines of, like, I can't worry about this now. I have to worry about killing someone. Oh. Okay. And so... Then she, his ex-wife Jennifer, apparently took uh, or brought Chris to Gary's house at the time and then dropped him off and picked him up later and he was very scared. And she said that she thinks that was the time when they burned his body. Oh my God. One other fact is that... This is, I don't, I can't say this for sure, but some people on Reddit were talking about it, is that at the apartment where Lena lived, uh, when she disappeared, apparently Mm -hmm. Sandy randomly showed up that day. And after Lena disappeared, the landlord did renovations due to bloodstains on the carpet. The landlord said, quote, it looked like a dog had been chopped up. Oh, no. Because there was a giant blood stain. But he didn't tell the police because he was unaware of the suspicious circumstances.
1: Uh, what kind of <sighs> landlord? I don't know. It's just like, wow, that looks like a lot of blood. Better not know, tell anyone. Know, yeah. Was he also dating Sandra? <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe, 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 maybe Sandra was the landlord. I, I don't know. Jesus, I'm so mad at so many things right now. <sighs>
0: Uh, Yeah, and then apparently not very long afterwards, the apartment building burned down.
1: Convenient.
0: Yes. I wonder why.
1: Why did it burn down? Probably just bad juju. God was like, no more.
0: Yeah. So if you know anything about this case, what happened to Lena, you can send a tip at unsolved.com slash tips and please do please come forward with information
1: oh that's my god it. that i hated it but you did a great job i just oh my gosh thank you I you know like what i'm trying, was trying cool. to say like if so, <sighs> so oh my gosh i don't like the situation your storytelling mm. was good okay so. it's, you know okay <coughs> mine's also a downer mm. but i guess that's to be expected during yeah. True Crime Day, so um, buckle up, I guess. Yeah. And just content warning. It's it's pretty graphic, so I apologize. Okay. I tend Thank to, you. I tend to stay away from graphic ones just because I can't stomach it, but I, I didn't realize this one was as graphic mm-hmm. as... Anyway. Okay. okay. Coincidentally, I'm going back to Japan uh, in in today's tale, and we are in a western suburb of tokyo and it's december 30th in the year of 2000 the miwazawa family was getting ready for ringing in the new year and across the world it's a big celebration and elizabeth and i are very big fans of new year's eve Mm -hmm. we've been celebrating it together for many many years but, you know, everyone gets a fresh start and a new beginning, and it makes me think of Forrest Gump when that one, like, prostitute or whatever says, don't you just love New Year's? Everyone oh, yeah. gets a second chance. She love that movie. <laughs> Such a good movie. And then Lieutenant Dan gets, like, angry later on, but I don't blame him. He had a hard life. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this family is made up of 44-year-old Makiko who worked at, as a marketing consultant 41-year-old Yasuko, who was a teacher. They had a 9-year-old daughter named Nina, and she was very bright. She was a year ahead in school, and she liked ballet. Mm-hmm. And they have a son, 6-year-old Ray, and he actually had a learning disability, but he was still deeply loved by everyone in his family. So, they were all incredibly close, and like I said, they lived in a sub- suburb of Tokyo called Setagaya in the Kamisoshi Gaya neighborhood. They moved to the neighborhood in 1991, and at the time, it was a really kind of thrival- thriving and bustling neighborhood. It had over 200 families living in this subdivision. However, over the years, families started moving out. It kind of, I'm not necessarily sure if it was just taking a turn or if there was an economic reason, but one reason is because the city was expanding this park nearby Mm -hmm. and a lot of the families in this area were selling their home to the city so they could like expand. Got it. So where there was once, you know, this Lots of families and a, a really great to raise your kids and everything. And there was once 200 families. Now there's only four.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And one of those families included Yasuko's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name's Anne. Anne's husband and Yasuko's mother, Hakuro. So... They actually lived in sort of like a townhouse situation where it was one big unit, but there was a dividing mm. wall and like two front doors. Gotcha. So it's like you couldn't go visit the aunt unless you like left your house, you mm. know? So very close family, literally. Mm. And the reason so many people were moving away, like I said, the city was planning on developing the park nearby and expanding it. So people were leaving. And both of the families were actually um, planning to move in the spring of 2001. They had actually sold off the property back to the city, but they waited so long because Yusuko was hesitant that the kids would not really adapt at a new school or they were comfortable where they were. And, you know, especially because of Ray's disability, they weren't sure how he would adapt So that's why they waited, but they decided in the spring they were going to leave. On the 30th, uh, the family was running some errands. They went to the supermarket to start preparing for the New Year's Eve celebration. Nina was next door at Grandma's, um, you know, watching TV. And then around sometime in the early evening, uh, the family picked her up and they went To their part of the home, they had dinner, they watched TV together, and they went to bed. Mm -hmm. On the morning of the 31st, uh, the grandmother, Hakuro, gives her daughter a call, but the line doesn't go through. Hmm. So she thought, okay, that's odd. Like, you know, maybe they didn't put the phone back on the receiver, or maybe there was, you know, something. So she tried calling a couple times, and it didn't work. This was like... Like I said, 2000, so not everyone Lay had like line. cell phones and, yeah. you know, you know. So she's like, okay, it's not like I have to go far. So she w- goes and she knocks on the door and she doesn't hear anything. And it's about 10 a.m. at this point And she thought, you know, okay, the kids typically don't, young kids don't sleep in that long. Mm. And she probably would hear something. Right. Whether it's like, you know, kids running around or the TV on or, you know, it's a holiday. They knew they they didn't have any plans leaving, but they thought, you know, maybe they had to run another errand, so she was like, I'll just I'll let myself in until they get home oh,
0: because no. she had her own
1: personal oh, key. No. Mm. Oh, no. Oh, no.
0: no!
1: Okay. So, the front door was locked, so she used her spare key to let herself in, and she said when she entered the house, she said it was... So quiet, it was deafening, and right away she knew something was wrong. There was like a stillness in the house oh, that just didn't feel right. Oh, my God.
0: This is freaking me out already. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Okay. This is this is an intense one. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. Um, When she walks in further to her horror, she sees Makiko covered in blood laying at the bottom of the stairs near the front of the house. Oh, my God. So she... She freaks out, and instinctively she runs upstairs to try to find, you know, the rest of the family, and she finds Yasuko and Nina next to each other. They were also covered in blood, and blood was everywhere. Oh,
0: my God.
1: She said she even, like, reached out and, like, felt them for any sign of life. Oh. And then she went into Ray's bedroom, and... Unlike the rest of the family, he was strangled, not <gasps> stabbed, but he was also dead in his bed. Oh, my God. I know. Poor baby. I know. Oh, my God. And normally I don't like to do ones with kids either, so I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. And I can't imagine the mother finding. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, like,
0: I can't. Oh. I don't even. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. That. I can't either. Oh, my God. So the police are called.
1: And they arrive on the scene, and they begin their investigation. And they, there's a lot going on. There's, you know, on the second floor, there are bloody footprints all over. Oh. And the home was an absolute mess, but no windows were broken, and none of the doors were broken into. So they thought this was very weird, but they mm. were able to piece together what they believed had happened. So they believe that whoever this killer was, was able to enter through the second story window to the bathroom by climbing a tree and then pushing in the window screen because it was adjacent to the park. Mm. So they thought someone Mm. nearby probably intruded. And you think you're safe on the second floor of your bathroom Mm -hmm. because it was a smaller window.
0: This really freaks me out because I think of like one day if I have a family or something. I know. Like, how can you prevent this from happening? Because it just seems so. I, know. I mean, I don't know the whole story, but it just seems so random and like people breaking know. into your house. I. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's. Oh um, my god. I I can't.
1: I can't. I'm sorry. This is. It's, it's not fun. So then they believe that once they were in the bathroom. And like I said, the, the house was adjacent to a park that had a skate park and also like a traditional plastic and metal playground. Mm. And the kids called it Choo Choo Park. Oh. I wasn't sure exactly why. I couldn't figure it out, but they called it Choo Choo Park. Okay. I'm not sure if it's because there was a train station nearby or mm. if there was a train at the park. I wasn't sure, but they called it Choo Choo Park, which is adorable and sad. So when the killer then entered the bathroom... They walked across the hall, and it was Ray's room. Mm. So they police believe that Ray was the first one to die, and mm. he strangled him, which mm. is why it was a little different than all the others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, why would you kill a six-year-old sleeping in their bed? What kind of monster oh my God. are you? I uh, sorry, it makes me sad. I picked this one, but so. At that point, it was believed that Mikiko was working on the first floor in his office and he heard something that sounded weird. So he rushed upstairs to figure out what was going on. At that point, he was stabbed multiple times with a sashimi knife, which is like a sushi knife. Oh, my God. It has a really long thing blade. Oh, my God. And he was, I'm sorry, he was stabbed so many times to the point that part of the knife actually broke and he then either fell or was pushed down the stairs, which is oh how he God. ended up where okay. he was. Okay. Yasuko and Nina were in the attic loft space that could be accessed by like one of those pull-down mm-hmm. ones, but it was the ladder was down because mm-hmm. they couldn't like pull it back up. And the killer then stabbed them multiple times with the broken knife and then left to go downstairs. At this time, still alive, Yusuko grabbed Nina and tried to run and escape, but the killer heard this, so they actually grabbed a kitchen knife and ran back upstairs to finish it, which is why they were found next to each other. Oh, my God. And why there were so many like bloody footprints all over.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Um, The killer, it, it was also determined that they had been stabbed so many times that they were even stabbed after they had already died.
0: Who is this person?
1: Which also makes it seem so personal. Yeah. It, it, I, okay. Okay. Um, It was also determined that Nina died last. I'm not sure how oh. they determined this, but then also she had some teeth that were missing, which made police believe that she was also beaten. <gasps> and the mother and the, the mother and daughter had the most brutal attacks.
0: Oh.
1: So blood was also found on the futon in the attic, leading police to believe that they were stabbed while they were sleeping. And there were bloody tissues in the room, and they think that Yusuko tried to stop Nina's bleeding before she tried to run and escape. Oh, my gosh. So, truly, really tragic. That's horrific. Um, Like, as I mentioned, the house was a mess, and the killer did not do a good job cleaning up after themselves. Mm -hmm. So, the police were actually able to determine a lot about the killer because... Like I said, he did not clean up after himself. He left traces of himself all over the place.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, good.
1: Yeah. Uh, In fact, it was believed he could have actually stayed in the family's house for up to 12 hours after the murders.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So not only do you brutally murder a family, he hung out there. (gasps) So here's what the killer did after, after this. He then decides... I'm tired. I'm gonna go eat a snack. Because, oh so my God. he he goes to the freezer, and he eats several cups of ice cream. Like, I, I. It was said it was either like a cup of ice cream or a popsicle. So I think uh-huh. it was like one of those um, like little cups that have like a oh, wooden yeah, spoon yeah, yeah. or okay, something. Okay. But it was said he didn't even use a spoon. He just like pushed it up and ate it with his teeth monster (laughs) savage like horrible like but he ate several of them and he like you know left fingerprints and his saliva like all over it and like all over the place okay um he then ate a melon a whole a whole melon i don't know if it was a whole melon but he ate melon okay he had melon okay don't know what kind of melon either but it was some kind of melon and he also made himself barley tea And in the fridge, like, he didn't have any of the alcohol or the soda that was in there. So he's like, I'm going to make a nice healthy snack after all this ice cream. Oh, my God. He then accessed the family's first aid kit. He was able to find it. And then he used some Band-Aids to patch his wounds. And the police were also able to determine the wound was likely on his right hand. Not sure how they figured this out, but there were traces of blood, like, on the first aid kit. The killer then decided to go on the family computer and the p- police were able to trace activity on the computer. The killer created a random folder, did nothing with it, but he created a folder.
0: Okay.
1: He then went online around one fifteen in the morning and he only went on sites that the family had bookmarked. He didn't like type anything out. He didn't do any browsing he just went through like bookmarks
0: why does that creep me out so much I think that's so
1: much more creepy because it's like he's trying to figure out what they were into. I don't know but I hate it I know oh my god okay Um, I like. I I don't know and he then visited the website for the company that Makiko worked for and then he also tried to Buy theater tickets, but he was unsuccessful. I guess there was like a theater, like a show that was bookmarked that they wanted to see, and he tried to buy himself tickets, and Weird. he couldn't. Even though there were like a bunch of credit cards, uh-huh. I don't know if it, he didn't know the pin. Like I don't, I don't know. Weird. But he tried to buy tickets, and he could not. Which I wish he could have, because it could have been like, all right, right okay. aisle six. <laughs> like there he is. Let's go
0: get him. Okay. Um, oh my
1: god. He then decided to rummage through... He found their, like, storage room or what have you. Um, not sure if it was a closet, but it had, like, a bunch of drawers and cabinets and, and stuff. So he decided to rum- rummage through all of the family's documents, kind of as if he was trying to find something, or hmm. I don't know what his thought process was, but basically he just ripped out drawers, like, and paper was all over the place. He even took a drawer filled with papers, and he dumped the entire thing into the bathtub.
0: Okay. Okay. He
1: also emptied out the contents of two of Yusuko's purses, Mikiko's wallet, a set of keys, a towel with the uh, the killer's blood smeared on it, another empty cup of ice cream, all into the toilet. He put all of that into the toilet. You know what else they found in the toilet? What? The killer's shit. He literally took a shit and left it in the toilet. Ew. This one this next fact is a little grosser. Oh, okay. Just to let you know. Okay,
0: just tell me. They were
1: able to ter- to determine what he had eaten that day? Uh-huh. He had string beans and sesame seeds. Yeah. Okay. There, you, there you go. Okay. Great. <laughs> so the, yeah, so the police tested the poop and he had string beans and sesame seeds. He also took a nap on the family's couch, and it was believed that he probably escaped. He could have been there up until 10 a.m., like up until the point the grandma like knocked on the door. Oh,
0: my God.
1: So they couldn't really tell, but there was also a ping that the Internet went off around that time, too. So they they are not sure if, you know, something triggered it with like mm. the movement or if he was on it a little bit before, so not really sure. But they did, like, have a ping, but there wasn't any, like, serious activity. Mm. So kind of weird. Aside from all of the DNA traces left across the home, you know, the blood, the saliva, the fingerprints, everything. The shit. The, the, <laughs> shit. the killer left his clothes in there, which included... A violet and white sweater. They called it a sweater, but it looks like a baseball tee. So the sleeves are violet and then the base is white. An olive green hip pack or a fanny pack. Mm -hmm. Skateboard grip tape. A gray knit bucket hat because it's, you know, the 2000s.
0: Mm, Bucket hats. They're coming back.
1: mm, (laughs) I'm not sure about that, (laughs) but... um, a black puff jacket from Uniqlo. A plaid scarf that had traces of the cologne still on it. Um, apparently, it was a very popular cologne, like an axe or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Like, So it wasn't like a, oh, this was only, some, I don't oh, know. Okay. A pair of black jeans. A black pair of one-size-fits-all gloves. And also, the killer had short brownish black hair. I don't know if it was like in the hat or or what.
0: Did he, was he naked when he left?
1: I don't know if he had like another, like he put on someone else's clothes.
0: Oh, okay. I
1: I don't know. Hmm. But literally an entire outfit. Oh my God. Was left. Unless he just did that to mess with people. I don't know. The killer's footprints were also all over the home as mentioned. And what's weird is they were in a shoe size that was... Not only uncommon, but not sold in Japan because, like, J- Japanese or Asian people have smaller feet, mm. so it was too big to be like a common shoe.
0: So, he wasn't Japanese,
1: so more on that later. Okay, okay. kind of. Um, it but they also determined that it was like a Korean brand.
0: Oh,
1: um. The shirt that the killer was wearing, what's even weirder, it was determined, don't know how they determined this either, only 130 of this, like, particular shirt were ever made and sold, and Mm. they were only able to track down, like, 12 owners of this shirt. Also don't know how they figured that out, I wasn't, because I was like, oh, well, if it was, like, an online order, whatever, but I don't, it wasn't as popular in the yeah, 2000. Yeah, in the 2000. <laughs> um, additionally, in the fanny pack. Now, this is this is weird. There were this there was this type of sand found in it, and they were able to trace that sand from like where it came from, and it was sand that you would find around a U.S. Air Force base in the Nevada desert.
0: How in the world? Did they trace that sand? I, how do they do that? Do they have sand samples from everywhere with sand in the world?
1: <laughs> that <laughs> specific, that is such specific sand.
0: That must be just what kind of a job a geologist? I guess a geologist, I, I guess but you call him a I geologist. I analyze
1: sand.
0: <laughs> wow, Sandy.
1: Okay, okay. Um, but how they were able to figure that out? No idea. no idea but okay so also very weird so specifically it was the Edward Air Force Base in California Mm -hmm. based on DNA they were also able to determine that the killer was male they had type A blood they were mixed race um, and it was believed that the based on the chromosomes they were able to determine that it was likely the mother was from the Mediterranean era, era, era. That mother was from the Mediterranean area and the father was either of Korean or Chinese heritage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was slim. Uh, they were able to figure that out, I guess, by the pants and also like where the fanny pack um, was. And he was between the ages of 15 to 35. Wow. And he was approximately five foot seven. Okay. Altogether, there were over 12,500 pieces of evidence found within the house. And there were over 246,000 investigators involved in this case, which is one of the biggest investigations in Japan's history.
0: Wow, I, I didn't even know there were that many people like who who are are investigators. police officers. Yeah,
1: literally probably every police officer in Japan yeah. maybe wow. probably not, but I mean they're I don't know, but crimes like this don't happen very often mm. in Japan. Mm-hmm. So this was such a huge case. obviously tragic. They also tested five million people's fingerprints, uh, including neighbors, former residents of the home. Criminals, friends, what have you. Mm-hmm. Police also tested the killer's DNA 1.3 million times. Wow. Despite all this evidence, they were not able to identify the murderer. Oh my gosh. None of the fingerprints or DNA on the scene were found in any police databases, so the Tokyo Police reach out to the International Criminal Police Organization. Didn't know that was a thing, but Is it makes sense. Interpol
0: or? ICPO. Okay, never mind. Interpol's different. It Sorry. could be. I'm not no, sure, no, actually. No, no, no. I'm sure it's different. Okay.
1: Because they wanted help as the killer may not be Japanese or even living in Japan anymore. They could have just been visiting for New Year's. They could have been a straggler. It kind of leads them to believe they were Korean because the shoe was Korean and based on the DNA. And they reached out to the South Korean police and they were like, no, we're not going to help you. What? I know. Why not? I don't know. Korea. Oh, my God. Come on. I So, I don't know. They're like, okay, you're so low. They couldn't really figure out a motive as well, although the killer took some money from the home, which rounded out to be about 1.5 thousand uh us dollars Mm -hmm. there was still a lot more money in the house that could have been easily found especially if this person was like rubbing rubbing through things it's Mm -hmm. not like it was in a safe or it was like hidden i mean it was hidden but not like they were able to find more pretty easily so they're like okay if someone spent 12 hours in this house they were obviously not in a hurry so they could have found more money. So they're like, well, it's probably not money. And they also didn't steal anything else. You know, they didn't take the car. They didn't take, like, mm. team, what have you. They also, because of the severity of how badly the the woman in the family were beaten, they were like, well, does this person hate women? Uh, like, they they really couldn't figure anything out. And they interviewed. And naturally, it was like, no, they had no enemies. But... There were some rumors going around that Makiko had yelled at some of the like skate punks at the park, and I guess that rubbed them the wrong way. Mm. But it's like that's not enough to murder the entire right. family, right? Um, it was also I read some articles or watched a YouTube vlog that it was like, oh well, some of them could have been like affiliated with this like biker gang. It's like still like.
0: Mm -hmm. If they yell
1: at you to probably, like, not be as loud or be, like, nicer around my kids, you don't murder the entire, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like, the extent, but you don't murder a family for that. Right, right. The grandmother was obviously incredibly heartbroken. She says, you know, I don't understand why they had to kill the kids. She says, it's one thing to kill the parents, but to kill innocent children is something I cannot wrap my head around. And she keeps a shrine at her home with, like, little trinkets that represent each family member and she prays to it every day same with the investigators there's one policeman who had been in the force he was very seasoned and he says to this day like i'm still haunted by this case i'd never seen anything like it and he's still haunted by the family's faces and he said in an article there's a difference between someone who dies because they're sick or something happened to them versus someone who dies with murder, they do not look the same. and he says he can't get that oh out God. of his head. And he's since retired. And every single year he goes back to the family's house and um, all of the police officers uh, in the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Department make annual visits to the site and honor the and to honor the lost lives. In 2015, there are still 40 police officers that work on this case full-time.
0: It hasn't been solved? It has not been solved. (gasps) Oh, my God. I know. What? I know. Oh, my God.
1: And as of 2019, there are at least 35 full-time police officers trying to figure this out. Like, that is the only thing they work on day in and day out, and they still can't figure it out. I know
0: and they have so much evidence they have
1: which makes me so obviously I'm mad but it's like it's like this person knew you know that they they've like they literally pooped they left all of the ice cream all over they like slept it like it's like what kind of a narcissistic psycho like what kind of person I don't understand and it just seems so random
0: yeah oh my god
1: With all of the clothing pieces that they were able to find, they created these ads um, to try to figure out, like, like, if people saw someone wearing this or, like, have you recognized this outfit or something like that. So they put it on a mannequin and they made these, like, flyers. So that's, like, what the killer Mm -hmm. left behind. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that was, like, their home, so they basically had an ad, like, this is, like, where it happened, this is the time, like, this is what they were wearing. Huh, interesting. To try to, get, like, spark interest, yeah, yeah. but I guess because it's winter, it's like, okay, well, people are wearing coats, it's, like, not as, yeah, it's harder to to tell, but, mm-hmm. as, and what bothers me, too, is, like, you know, there are only four families living in the area at the time, so it's not like you live in a big mm-hmm. suburb where it's like, oh, well, I saw a car go by, you know? right. So, unfortunately, it's it's um, still not solved. It's truly one of the the most heartbreaking cases I've heard of. Um, and it's just so eerie because it just seems so malicious, obviously. But the fact that they stayed in the house for so long mm-hmm. creeps me out. Oh, I cannot. To no extent. No. yeah. It's just like such a F you to like the family. I don't, everything about it upsets me. So, it's so sad. I My heart goes out to the family. Um, you know, I hope they're all, at least all four family members are in heaven together. And they can't, I, I just, there are no words. But um, wow. they did tear down the family's home because mm-hmm. the other family members left. And because the park is being built and because it had been vacant, it was starting to like decay and, and mm-hmm. crumble. So, I believe it was torn down recently, um, but, you know, I think they're going to build something at the park to honor the family. I'm mm-hmm. not entirely sure if that's true, but the police department still, um, I know the chief officer that was kind of leading it still keeps in contact with the grandmother and oh Um, they all, I don't, I just, I can't imagine.
0: This one's gonna stick with me. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: Today was a rough one, y'all. I'm so sorry. Oh. We gotta tell each other when we're <laughs> gonna have rough ones, so one of us can do one. that's, I mean, it, there's no light ones in true yeah. crime, kind of, I guess. But geez. Ah, uh, sorry. Oh. I know. Oh,
0: thank you. I can't believe it's unsolved. I can't believe
1: that. I know. That's that's what makes me frustrated too. They literally found thousands of pieces of evidence.
0: Yeah. I wonder if like genetic genealogy could help them.
1: That's what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was plenty of DNA. Yeah. But I think it's just, you know, they could have gotten away and because they had no previous criminal history, they weren't in any databases. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. But well, then like sand from Nevada like the Right. Like that's, that's so weird. Weird. So I think it makes people believe like maybe this person. It was like a military like family, mm-hmm. and they were like visiting temporarily, and then they went like back to I don't know.
0: Yeah, could but be.
1: Why would you murder a family in such a horrible way? I have no idea. No one deserves. It. I don't know. I'm just so sad. It made me cry when I heard it. Oh. I don't. I didn't. Okay, so I heard this a really long time ago on another podcast, and I remember it stuck with me because it was so eerie. I did not remember it being that violent.
0: Mm-hmm. I just
1: remember being creeped out by like staying in the house, but I did not remember it being that tragic. Yeah. Oh my so, god. So sorry.
0: Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
1: Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> happy <laughs> birthday. But um. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's still unsolved. I hate unsolved oh ones god. too. I don't know why I did this. I hate. Murder cases that involve children, and I hate unsolved because there's no closure. Yeah. So it was a double whammy. It was an accident. I didn't. I didn't realize. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. So I'm so sorry. It's totally fine. Literally my worst nightmare. (laughs) Home invasions are my worst nightmare. But Mm -hmm. especially if you have children, I can't imagine.
0: I'm gonna be paranoid as heck if I ever have children.
1: Oh my god. Like I want to get a. ring light or whatever so, yeah. but then i'm afraid of that if i look at it like what if someone is like oh, at my, my door God. i'm like what do i do
0: no yeah. anyway i'm scared oh, i'm scared God, I'm of myself. Freaking myself
1: yeah no doors are locked don't worry
0: thank you <laughs> oh thanks for listening
1: i'm so sorry everyone <laughs> i'm so sorry did you miss us <laughs> we're back well let's do a, f- a light-hearted wild card okay let's I, yeah let's, let's do it well we'll, we'll do yeah, it yeah okay we're please tune in next time we promise it won't be as sad oh. oh jesus i'm so sorry um hearts go out to all the the families i'm yeah. so sorry gary i'm so sorry tammy and colton lena lena and kyler Caden,
0: colton is the kid
1: colton i think okay i don't know <laughs> my heart goes out to all the families involved i'm just i'm so sorry and i hope justice is served and if your name is sandy i hate you (laughs) well sandy like that specific woman i'm sure Uh, other sandys are fine but i don't like that one anyway thanks for listening we would love to give credit to the artists that have helped us (laughs) i don't i feel like i need something else to end on i'm so sorry okay we would like to thank the artists that have helped us. Our music is composed by Colin Whitlish and music production is by Justin Toom.
0: And our cover art is by Erica Chase. Would you like to tell them where to find us? You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and send us an email at theinsomniareportatgmail.com. Send us your ideas for stories we can cover or send us your own personal stories we'd love to do a listener episode
1: thank you all so much for being here and thanks for joining us on our first birthday it was kind of a downer (laughs) this was a horrible birthday party (laughs) my goodness all right we'll make up for it in the wild card it's fine we will all right stay safe out there please uh stay sleepy but safe and be
0: kind and and stay spooky during the spooky season yes enjoy good night good night